Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy podcast that has a great personality. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. <laughs> we both have great personalities, Dave. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we're not using it to cover for anything else. It, it's an audio thing. This is this is that whole face for radio thing, right? I've been told that I've got a great face for radio, yes. Yeah, that's definitely a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Here we let's go. Let's get into it. Season 3, Episode 1, and we have made it to September 29th, 1998. Yeah, I mean, it's the start of a new season for us. This is going to be a couple big things for the podcast, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Some exciting might, shit's might going be. down. Yeah. Got a whole new file for your notes, right? Because you, for some reason, do it <laughs> by season. Season 3 notes, page 1 of 3. <laughs> That's absurd. I think the last notes got to page 65. I think <laughs> that's right. what happened. That's not that even that For unreasonable. 22, yeah. So you're you're on a pretty consistent three pages of notes per episode then. Well, and if it's even part of... A page, a you'll page, go to the uh, next then page. I, yeah, then I obviously put a page break in. I'm not an animal. No, no obviously does not <laughs> enter into it. You're doing things crazy. <laughs> Whatever, there Dave. is no obviously here. <laughs> now I just have one file called season two notes and all of my season two notes are in it. Oh, God. <laughs> is this the first episode with the new theme song though? Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. Woo! Definitely got that new theme song in there. They don't muddle up the, uh, the bridge quite so much. Oh God, it sounds just like a thousand times better. So Jesus. you say this and I could barely tell that it was a oh new one. Oh my god. When I hear the season two theme, I just am like, oh no. And all the production value is lower. Marginally lower. Yeah, no. Bad times. Uh, yeah. Right. Anyway, let's get into this episode. Annabelle. Right now, I, I know that her name is not Annabelle. I just that's how I remember her name, because her body is gonna shape like a She's the bell of the ball. <laughs> Oh God! Is it <laughs> is it because she's shaped like a? She's the belle of the ball. <laughs> oh God! Right, exterior graveyard. A vampire <laughs> is rising from the grave. <laughs> well, it really is a new season of Welcome to the Hell. <laughs> why i started my notes this way we're reading the stage directions now good <laughs> it just felt right for some reason <laughs> yeah vampire rises from a fresh grave it's like hey remember how this show is called buffy the vampire slayer we're gonna be doing some of that yeah here's a vampire pretty pretty good start and here's buffy to slay it yeah there's a human definitely standing there probably female <laughs> looks like a female human definitely mm -hmm. it's willow we love willow we do love willow but she is not a vampire slayer no but sanders here to help her and oz is also here yeah they're all being super helpful i mean they're really bad at slaying vampires but they're trying <laughs> they're trying so hard god i love when oz throws the stake after the vampire <laughs> that's running away and uh, just completely it's... misses yeah he throws it like a normal person would and he's like that really never works <laughs> oh god okay uh, is this our first short-haired willow 
Yes, I think I'm so. Having, okay, because I've been watching later seasons, and then I couldn't remember if, like, at the end of season two, she was still long-haired Willow. Anyways. I think she was still long hair. I don't Maybe. Know. Who remembers? This whole outfit she's wearing is incredibly on Willow. I have a million fashion notes, Dave. Oh, I think- thank God. My notes for this episode are so bad. I have so many of them, and they're all of such poor quality. I don't understand what happened. <laughs> It's interesting because, like, my fashion notes were really kind of petering out at the end of season two. And I'm kind of like, oh, like, what's wrong with me? Have I just gotten away from fashion? And no, I think I was bored of season two fashion. But now I'm like, season three fashion, new clothes. I'm excited again. (laughs) Well, tell me more, Michaela. So she, and in the rest of this episode, this kind of stops happening. But, like, in this scene, she is not dressed like Willow. No, she's dressed like a Buffy Yeah, she's sort of got, like, a greenish leathery trench coat, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, we know how Buffy loves her trench coats, right? Yep. Everything about her outfit is very... She's kind of, like, wearing it not to be cutesy, which is a lot of the time she's very cutesy. Mm. Not in a bad way, but she's, like, you know, it's all... It's a business. It's her business clothes. Right. So they are sad because they miss Buffy. And because they are bad at slaying vampires. Yeah. Mostly about the Buffy being gone thing. Tomorrow's the first day of school and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, maybe she'll be back for that. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, Willow is (laughs) like, maybe she'll be back for that. Xander and Oz are less, less thinking that might be a happening thing. It was a great scene, though. Really good way to start things off. They had a lot of character work that summarized without overstating things. It was a lot of what they care about and what they're worried about. This is how you do a, like, first episode of the season where you want to remind people gently about what happened last season, but you Mm -hmm. actually are assuming that people mostly watched last season. Right. Yeah, which is not an assumption that they could make with season two's (laughs) opening, unfortunately. No, they really couldn't. So we cut to Buffy having some sort of angel-related beach dream. Hell yeah, man. Sunset on the beach. Super romantic, super sexy. Angel's here. He says he'll never leave, not even if she kills him. That's hashtag harsh. And yeah, Buffy wakes up and she's in a real sketchy ass apartment. Yeah, she's in a tiny shitty apartment in the big city. Question mark? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in question mark. Like where Kendra's from. Soon she'll have Kendra's accent. Oh no. No one will watch that show, Dave. God. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, let's just call this what it is, Dave. It's the token David Boreanaz scene. Oh. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's still in the goddamn credits, as we're about to find out, because this is the end of our cold open. Oh my god, he is. I didn't even realize. Oz is also wait, in the credits now. What? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> okay, guys, we're, we're a Buffy podcast by a Scooby and a newbie, and yeah. I want to make one thing very clear. I don't remember shit about this episode, and little about the rest of the season. I'm pretty confident you remember nothing about this season, Dave. You remember, no, like... I remember Faith, I remember Mayor, I remember Snake. Right, okay, so <laughs> nothing. Like, that probably just amounted to less than 1%, right? Like, those <laughs> those are very broad things. <laughs> Listen, but that that's, like, most of what happens. And the fact that you think that... Angel's in this season? Well, he's in the... He just the, died. He's in the credits... And he was in a token scene. So I don't know what's going on. That's for sure. But he was in the fucking credits, Dave. Oh, my mind has been blown. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, Fuck. who who's to say what that's about? But uh, Buffy's going to work. 
Yeah, she's working in a, a diner. It's a place where one of the customers is like this worm lady who eats people. She's like a an <laughs> old lady, but the, yeah, then she eats people and maybe like an Buffy finds a finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a call ahead to <laughs> question mark. I don't fucking know when that episode is. It's at some point. It's a long time from now. <laughs> like, it will take us longer to get there than we've been doing this podcast. Let me put it that way. I, I think that's reasonable, though. We haven't been doing this all that long. Yeah. 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 That That's going to be it's a little a while. while. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw Buffy in diner gear and I was like, oh, I know this episode. Incorrect, David. <laughs> very incorrect. incorrect. Right. So Buffy's working here. It's not a very nice place. There are some customers harassing her and she just yeah, kind of has to assaulting like. assaulting her. Yep. And she ha- can't do anything about it because that's going to look pretty suspicious. Right, yeah, when she flips him across the room like Larry. <laughs> yeah, so instead she just walks away and, I mean, they play the moment very much for the tension of like, oh, is Buffy going to snap and like give him what he deserves? And instead yeah. she just has to walk away. Yep, he does not learn proper respect for women here, nor will he ever. Want to make judgments about this man? Maybe he'll have a re- revelation one day. Mm, maybe <laughs> he's pretty like, one-dimensional at this point. We can like create a whole backstory. Along. Yeah, picks up the hitchhiker. <laughs> she teaches him the value her of life friendship story with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe it just like transitions into that episode of Black Mirror, but it's a guy trucker instead of girl trucker. I was gonna do that episode of Clone High. So. Oh yeah, Clone High. <laughs> yeah, got a good trucker in that. You don't make puns, Gandhi. You make deliveries. Good. Yeah. Covering all the trucking bases. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's as deep as my pool goes for sure. Uh, yep. <laughs> oh, Buffy's got to deal with two teens who are sickeningly in love and They're super poor. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dave. They don't have money for food, but they're like, look at these beautiful tattoos we got. And you're just like, you're fucking idiots. Who tattooed you? They shouldn't have because you should have had some sort of parental guardian figure there to sign the paperwork. I don't know how old you have to be to get a tattoo, Dave, but I bet it's older than they potentially are. Without parental supervision or guidance, I think it's 18 or something. Like you have to have a parent sign off on it. Otherwise. Exactly. (laughs) Archer's taught me that you can't tattoo a baby. You can't. Tattoo a freaking baby! That's what the tattoo guy said. <laughs> but that's really all I know from that. I gotta think that a tattoo this large, because it's like one on each of their forearms is... That's hundreds of dollars you're looking at right there. Yeah, but it's like half a heart on each of their forearms, right? So they yeah. put the forearms together, Makes and then a it's a full heart, heart and yeah, it's, it's got both their names in it. Yeah, yeah it's super sure. disgusting. Yeah. But it's big. You could have done that on the on the economical side for sure pretty easily. And like, they both have short names. Yeah. It's not like one of them has some crazy name like Chanterelle or something. <laughs> like, that would be such a bitch to tattoo on your arm. Damn. I did not recognize her at first. Yeah. But yes, it is Chanterelle. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to. I was like, there's no way Dave remembers. No, fuck no. No, fuck no. She reminds no. me of uh, the girl from Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, like I don't Ricky know which one she is. Yeah. yeah. Garfunkel? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, the point isn't really that one is Garfunkel and one is Oates, is it? No, I don't think so. Anyway, yeah. She reminds me a lot of her, but like far less competent. Because she's a tall blonde girl? Is that... Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do I recognize most of people based on their hair? <laughs> uh, we Clearly, yes. 
<laughs> yeah, and so initially, like in this first scene, they sort of play it for, oh, these two people are super in love and they're just here to make Buffy really sad about Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very sad. It's pretty reasonable that you wouldn't have recognized what this girl looks like. But her voice, I think, is pretty distinctive. So Yeah, it's been a while since I saw a lot of light yeah. to me. I don't know. There's like a chance you'd recognize her, but uh, yeah, most people probably wouldn't because they've also probably only seen Lie to Me once in their lives yeah. at this point in time, right? I doubt it was on reruns over <laughs> the summer. Probably not. <laughs> so the next scene begins with Willow wearing her worst hat. Why is she still wearing this fucking hat? And she's dressed a lot more <laughs> like Willow. Yeah. She's got tights. She's got her like cute little skirt. It's all cute. There are a million people in the library, Dave. Oh my God. Well, it's the start of the semester, right? Or the start of the school year. <laughs> so everyone goes to the library one time on the first day of school and then they never return. Yeah. Because they yeah. realize what a weird dude Giles is. And he's like, <laughs> don't touch that. It's sharp. Don't touch that. It's poison. Don't touch that. It's cursed. <laughs> And they're like, oh, man. Yeah, they go into one of the the book sections and they're like, huh, all of these books seem to be about the occult. I don't I don't think this is really relevant for my history class. I'll go to the non-occult section and it's like five books, super dusty in a corner. (laughs) They're like kids pictures, picture books about history. You can do chemistry, too. (laughs) Yeah. So Cordy walks in. She's been uh-huh. on vacation. She is incredibly tanned. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying she was like super pale skin before, but no. like this whole fucking season, Dave, she's just going to be so tanned. Mm. Uh, she's too tanned for me. I don't know where the line on that is. Michaela, at what point does the wonder begin? Because I think it begins at the very start of this scene where we do not have a cut. So original broadcast, this shot is three minutes and 24 seconds long. Holy fuck. I did research this time, Dave. I'm turned over a new leaf. This is a brand new podcast, brand new season, brand new podcast. I'm sitting at a desk. Oh my God. (laughs) I've got myself a little mirror. I can see myself. (laughs) Oh God, what? (laughs) Oh no, we talked about this. Yeah, for the faces. I didn't think you were serious. Okay, I mean, I'm at the desk where I do my makeup, and so there's a mirror there. So, I mean, it's not intentional that I can see myself. just watching yourself podcast. (laughs) Totally normal. Yeah. Like the pros, Dave. Doing it like the pros. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Right. Um, Anyways, 324. This is all one scene. Yeah. It's really well done. I picked up on it a little while into it, but, like, as I kept realizing that, Oh, the pacing's amazing, right? Because it has oh, to be for perfect. a one Yeah, it is perfect. It transitions from like, yeah, Willow talks to Giles to Cordy shows up and talks to Willow to we cut to, I think Willow, Larry Willow passes and Cordy by. Do like a walk and talk and then people kind of come, come in and out of the shot. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. Oz is back. Apparently he didn't graduate like he was supposed to. <laughs> and he hasn't told Willow until right now because he figured she was going to be pretty disappointed in him. And yeah. she is. Yeah. But yeah. it's nice to have Oz around. So I'm not really too peeved about it. Right. Apparently Larry didn't graduate either because he's still yeah. here. Uh, we walk by the teacher that I referred to as Bearded Pierce Brosnan in yes. a previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. He's making a comeback for sure. Yeah. Two episodes so far, I think. Hey, man, that's pretty good. (laughs) 
For a teacher? At least he's not dead. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) We don't see Peace and I at all this episode. (gasps) Yeah, no, we don't. Disaster. Anyway, yeah, we cut to Oz and Willow talking. Xander comes in. He wants to see Cordy. He's not sure where she is. They're both really cute. Like, they're wanting to see each other, wanting to make a good impression. Both of them ask the how's my hair question. Xander looks amazing. Yeah. He looks so good and his hair looks great. I want he looks like 28, of course. Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's looking really old, but good. Super old. Fly as hell, but yeah, yeah. fly as hell, absolutely. There's some deep cuts about Xander being attracted to monsters from Cordy. Yeah, that was a nice... Uh, <laughs> when she's having a little, good. like, panic yeah. talk, yeah. Willow's being talked at, yeah. Hi, Willow's used to that from Cordy. Larry has a pretty great, oh, pretty great line. God. If we can focus, keep discipline, and not have quite as many mysterious deaths... Sunnydale is gonna rule! Yeah, he's like getting all hyped up about football <laughs> as long as yeah, the whole team stays alive. So, yeah. It's very oh. self-aware. It's really good. God, that killed me. And yeah, all of this is happening just one after another. Everything transitions right into each other. They're going through the entire school set and that's great. It's all super well done. Are they filming this in a school? No, they can't be. This must be I don't a set. think so. It has to be a set. Like the exterior is that that school. They they blew up the library at the end of this. <laughs> they can't have yeah, they can't have blown up an actual library, and I'm pretty sure they did blow up the actual set. Oh, seriously? That's pretty cool, actually. I think so. That makes that makes a lot of sense, I guess. Yeah, one, I've heard get, that it was pretty cathartic because they spent so much time in it. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, one shot for yeah. sure. <laughs> don't fuck this up. Wow, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really know how the scene ends, but you got a lot of character work. We end on Xander and Cordelia, both of whom Mm. were very worried about what they would say to each other and now don't know what to say to each other. Right. And then awkwardly kind of walk apart. (laughs) Aw. Aw. Yeah. I like this relationship. It's become a lot healthier than it used to be. Yeah. And so then we cut from like sort of the hustle and bustle of this scene right to (sighs) Buffy just sitting sadly on her bed in her shitty apartment. Oh, yeah. Pacing-wise, it's rough. It's very jarring. Mm-hmm. On purpose, of course. Right. Now, would you say that Sarah Michelle Geller plays a good mopey? I think it comes off more as kind of angry. Hmm. Like, I was getting... She just seemed, like, mad the whole episode. Yeah. I understand that she's mostly supposed to be really sad, but she just seemed, like, pissed. <laughs> right. I don't think she does a great job with this. And, like, later on, she'll be good at being mopey or depressed or existentially challenged but right now it's just like oh it was really fun back there and now now it's boring and i don't know what happened but i'd like to go back to the other part with the sunnydale (laughs) and the fun please i mean it's a tough kind of thing because buffy has to sort of be on this other journey to work through some shit on her own right and it's not just that i'm sad that we are in sad scenes i think it's i'm sad that we are in sad scenes that aren't done as well as the happy scenes are it is hard to connect with it for some reason yeah i i had a real hard time connecting with a lot of it so i don't know just sort of dragged on for me all the stuff with the girl i mean let's call her lily yeah she she's a bit annoying I liked her as an actress a lot better than I was liking Sarah Michelle Gellar in this episode. She does a good job. job. uh, Like, yeah, what she's there to do. And, like, the message about her and her journey is cool. Mm -hmm. But just something about her really kind of rubs me the wrong way. She is very annoying. I don't know. Once you get to, like, that high-pitched of a voice, 
I, <laughs> I'm not liking that anymore. Uh, I feel bad for uh, hate on her because of her voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, she. I honestly liked her in this episode. Yeah, she's supposed to be annoying yeah. and oh, no, not able sure. to take care of herself, right? Yeah, and that is kind of tough to watch on a show that's about strong women. And I get that that's yeah. the point. I do, but yeah. So yeah, Buffy's sad. There's some homeless person that she passes who just keeps repeating, I'm no one. And yeah. like wandering away. Or she's no, like she passes a, them, yeah. In like a, an old woman morning. sitting down. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, this. so she just goes on like a sad little walk. And then we cut back to the library, I guess. Xander's looking a solid 28 years yeah. old yep. and looking fly like, as hell. Fly as hell. Giles has gotten another lead on mm. something happening that sounds like it maybe could be Buffy. So he's going right. to fly out somewhere and check it out. Right. This is what happened. I literally have no notes about that. Yeah. I mean, that's basically all that scene amounts to. Buffy gets caught by yeah. Ambrosia. I mean, Chanterelle. <laughs> I, I, I did not remember her name. Yeah. It's a stupid uh. name. I don't blame you. <laughs> Apparently, it's the name of a mushroom. Yeah, and and she's like, oh, that's not very exotic. <laughs> no, but she does remember Buffy and thanks her for saving her, her from that whole, like, vampire cult situation that she was in. And this is where we kind of learn that, yeah, she's been in lots of cult-type things, things <laughs> where she's following someone, someone's taking yeah. care of her, she doesn't know how to take care of herself. Right. It really bothered me here that she's basically like, oh, I just changed my name whenever I feel like it. And Ricky named me. So basically, she tattooed a name on herself that some guy gave her, I mean, like a week ago. (laughs) Yeah, once you get into the, you tattooed this name on you. Although, from her perspective, I guess it is forever, right? Like, she's had this rough period in her past where she went through a bunch of different names. But now she's Lily forever, because she has Ricky. And that's all fine now. I guess things have been going pretty well with Ricky. I mean, they're homeless. Yeah. I mean, all things considered, though. True. That's rough that this is, like, her her best time. And so, I mean, yeah. yeah, Like, I feel bad for her. Clearly, she's had a very tough life. and. Well, Buffy asks uh, after her personal life, like, her home life. And this is where the acting really shone through for me where pretty wordlessly she was able to get across how truly bad home life was yeah and why it has led her to be the sort of person that she is right now yeah and then so you i mean you do feel bad for her because you're like shit like no one deserves that and like this is why you have become this person who's just kind of seeking out people to take care of you because no one taught you how to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It gets super awkward when Lily asks if Buffy has any money. Not <laughs> for her, but like for this cool dance that they were going to go to. But it's, it's it also... It sort of seems like she wants to trade money for like a rave. Yeah. <laughs> like taking Buffy to a rave. Because she has a connection to go to this rave. Yeah. And you're like, uh, Buffy don't do that. Buffy's like, no thanks. Yeah, but I can give you money. And I mean, that's not... Mm, yeah. You don't really want nice to start to go awkward. down. Yeah. Oh, they did this really well. That's for sure. No, it was super, super awkward. They get bumped into by a homeless guy who wanders past muttering, I'm no one, I'm no one, and wanders right out into the middle of the road. Oh, no. And uh, although Buffy is attempting to keep a low profile in this mm-hmm. question mark land, 
she's still a hero, so, yep. I mean, she's going to save this old guy who's about to get hit by a car. That's a big theme of this episode. She's trying to keep a low profile, but still is a hero. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty shitty at keeping a low profile, I guess is what we're learning from this episode. Well, right. no, we already knew that. And in fact, she is self-aware about it because <laughs> yeah. she says it at one point. God, I love it. Yeah, it's so good. Anyway, she pushes this guy out of the way of oncoming traffic and gets hit herself. Oh, taking no. Taking us into our first segment of the evening, Unbreakable. Subtitle, They Alive, Damn It. It's a miracle. <laughs> Buffy's unbreakable. This glass cannon Fuck. shit goes, just keeps going back and forth. She isn't even in pain. No, she no, got no. run over by a car. I've got it, Dave. I've, okay. I, I have, I've got it. <laughs> Bring it on. Okay, so Buffy has told us or told that policeman that she does not bruise easily. Correct. And very often she does get hit and falls down because she is a small, light person. And so the yeah, laws of physics. gravity, physics, yes, the laws of physics still apply to her. Right. And so because of this, you can throw her around, but you're never doing like permanent damage. Cordelia knocked her out. Okay. But she did not damage her permanently. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so head uh. trauma doesn't damage the Slayer permanently? Well, no, she has no trauma. She just got knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, it's inconsistent as hell. We get it. It's so inconsistent. And like the fact that Ted hit her and she went down and didn't realize, hey, this guy's super strong, but like she was still knocked around. I don't, I don't understand. I, don't I guess the bottom line is that it wouldn't be very interesting if people punched her and nothing happened when she's like yeah. trying to fight with them. I la Ted or Cordelia knocking her out. I don't mm -hmm. know. I mean, maybe if we just get rid of Ted and bad eggs, a lot of our problems disappear. Mm, I like the sounds of that. <laughs> yeah, because we could very plausibly do that. Yeah, then we could also get rid of Reptile Boy when a regular amount of tranquilizers takes her out. Oh, yeah. Where it should That's have been good. like elephant tranquilizers. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. The rules. I mean, there there are no rules. I think that's really what we need to understand. No. no, there's no note in the show Bible that's like, this is how unbreakable Buffy is. But man, it's, uh, it does confuse me. And like, yeah, I mean, it's TV. You're going to have to take some liberties with things like that to serve <laughs> whatever story you're trying to tell. Yeah. But for someone like you and I who are sitting down talking very in depth about this, mm -hmm. you know, they probably didn't imagine to themselves, hey, someday two people will talk about this and post it on the internet and other people will listen to them do so. Good thing it's just the two of us that are doing this sort of thing then. Man, it'd be terrible if other people were putting it up to the same scrutiny. Yeah, no, no, that'd be crazy. No one's doing that. Just us. So Buffy Definitely runs into us. this wandering preacher who was like wandering around distributing flyers to homeless kids before. We saw him in Buffy's sad walk. Right, in passing, kind of. And he's got these flyers that are pretty worrying from my perspective. <sighs> they seem happy. Dave, Dave, Dave. When this uh -huh. guy shows up, aren't you like, oh my God, it's that guy. Oh, okay. So I was <laughs> like, wait, do I know this person? Today uh -huh. it clicked. I watched this yesterday. <laughs> only today. He's like minor character from Firefly from the very first episode. Yeah. He's that guy where you're watching the first episode with someone who's never seen Firefly before. And they're like, hey, what's that guy's name again? And you're like, uh, uh. well, <laughs> I do know that because he's a recurring character who's not going to backstab them anytime soon. His name is... Dobson. Lawrence Dobson, I think. Something, yeah. 
I mean, I just looked this up and again, I forgot it yeah. because I don't remember who he is. So this guy is actually a uh, Buffy Angel Firefly. Ooh, He's a Joss nice. 3P. Trifecta. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they decided he had one of those faces that was like, this guy's pretty okay, but he's going to betray you. <laughs> right? That is what he does. (laughs) Now, I can't for the life of me remember what he does on the episode of Angel he's on. But, you know, let's just assume. Let's just assume it's this. I think that's pretty safe. Because we got two out of three, right? He does have a really good face for initially seems trustworthy, but could definitely betray you. But, you know, like, you're someone who watched Firefly. You see this episode and you're like, that guy seems like he's probably sketchy. Even not knowing (laughs) that he was the guy from Firefly, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to end super well for her. He's talking about hope and something about home and feeding the homeless. I don't know. There's like a homeless montage that transitions to the inside of the bronze. Yeah. He also does that bad guy thing where (laughs) he says something about like, oh, well, you know, you stay around here too long and you'll you'll get old before you know it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I fucking missed that. Oh, fuck. Because I didn't fucking know it was going to yeah, happen. right. Oh, fuck. No, he is so technically correct. Yeah. He does that oh, again yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? Bad uh, guys love this... to be technically correct, Dave. Oh, my God. So Xander's in the bronze. Willow's like, do you think she's ever, what, going to come back? Or like, you know, talking about Buffy and how mm-hmm. she's sad about Buffy. Xander horribly misinterprets it to be about Cordelia. And it's really funny. He's got Cordelia on the brain, and I don't blame him, because... God, no. Do you see what she's wearing? Hell yeah, I saw. Oh, fuck. (laughs) That red dress, though? Yes, costume department. A thousand times yes. They did not forget that they need to only dress her in red. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's the briefest of moments that you see her in this dress, and I'm like, holy God. Yep, they 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 know what's what. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And uh, then we go to the scene that I like to think brought all your hopes up and then and crushed them into crushed a million. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was... Pulled a straight Titanic on them. They were unsinkable. And then it just ran the fucking Joyce's ship right into an iceberg. Just destroying all of the many hulls that it had, cleaving them in twain and sending it to the bottom of a cold, watery depth. Wow. Yep. I mean, this is exactly what I wanted, so I am not disappointed, that's for sure. Okay, so we can go through this. My first note of the scene is Joyce's fanfic. It's all in caps, and I'm really excited. Giles and Joyce are starting to spend a lot of time together. Like, Giles is coming over to the Buffy household, and they're, like, commiserating about how much they both missed Buffy. They're both worried about her. Yeah, because they can have these conversations now, because now yeah. Joyce knows about Buffy being the Slayer, and so all of a sudden it's not weird that yeah. <laughs> Giles would, like, you know, be out looking for Buffy, getting leads on Buffy, and trying to help find her, right? So it's right. it's really good stuff. And this was always the basis for our fanfic, right, Dave? It yeah. was, they yeah. both like Buffy, they both <laughs> like each other, love They're forever. age appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> then Giles says that Joyce shouldn't blame herself for Buffy leaving. And like, she should partially. Remember that time when Joyce said, if you leave, don't bother coming back? Yeah, and... I mean, she didn't mean it, but she did say that, it. Uh, that's, so, that's not an excuse, no. really. 
No, it's not an excuse. And, like, so it, it is partially Joyce's fault. She's that much older, too. She should have been the one to keep a head about this. I think and... Buffy would have left either way, honestly, like, after what right. happened. But but then it wouldn't have been Joyce's fault, and maybe Buffy would have left after saying goodbye to her or something. Yeah, but she felt completely rejected yep. by her mom after she came out to her. And mm-hmm. so then running away, not saying goodbye to anyone, it's pretty reasonable for a teenager yeah. to do something like that. Anyway, Joyce doesn't blame herself for Buffy leaving, for reasons, but blames Giles? Yeah, so when she says that line, <laughs> I just imagined this, you... Yeah, this is the iceberg looming and just crashing into the ship from Titanic. Just losing your fucking mind. Oh, oh, there's ice all over the deck. Oh, no. The band begins to play. <laughs> it's the worst logic, though. Joyce does not have the point that she thinks she does about Giles, like, having this super secret relationship and encouraging Buffy. And I think she makes a good point about being angry with Giles from the perspective of she is Buffy's parent. There is someone who is in a way parenting or like acting as a parental figure for Buffy and doing mm-hmm. so behind Joyce's back. Yeah. And like that's not actually really that that okay, right? No, there's a valid point yeah. there in that that's not acceptable behavior for someone else to just come in and start parenting your child. Right. And so then like it's kind of an interesting yeah, it's an interesting light to see, you know, Giles's role in Buffy's life as that. But at what point does that make right. Buffy run away? No, re- relating from it Joyce. to Buffy disappearing, that has nothing to do with Giles. In fact, if Buffy had stayed, Giles was probably one of the people who she would have gone to to seek comfort, especially if she feels like, I can't go home, I'll just go hang out with Giles, you know? Right. Yeah, he's the one reasonable authority figure left in her life. Exactly. And And she would go chill with him. And he, he is always the one saying, like, I accept you no matter what, Buffy. Right. Like, I believe in you, and you're not going to always make the perfect decision, but I think you're always doing what's best, or what you think is best. Anyway, the Joyce's fanfic is dead for now until Joyce gets her shit straight, yeah. basically. Yeah. Oh, this was a, that was a crushing scene, Michaela. Let's move the fuck on. Lily has come to see Buffy at the diner, uh-huh. and you're just like, where does this girl get clean-looking shirts that fit? <laughs> Because this is a different shirt than the shirt she was wearing yesterday. And she's allegedly homeless. Anyways, I'm sure no one but me noticed that. (laughs) Yeah, homelessness works differently in LA and San Fran. The homeless populations (laughs) are larger than Toronto. If I was going to be homeless, I wouldn't be homeless in Toronto. It's a a bad place. It'd be cold as fuck, right? It's terrible Go somewhere warm. Anyways, uh, Ricky, her boyfriend slash tattoo partner, has gone missing. So she's like, hey, you, Buffy, slash secretly (laughs) Anne. Her? Who's Anne? My my girlfriend. She's... You've met her so many times. You've met her and met her. (sighs) Yeah, her. Uh, (laughs) I I get that, yeah, she's like, I don't know how to do things for myself. I don't know how to try to find Ricky. I need your help because I know you're good at this stuff. Mm -hmm. Buffy's not on board initially. I mean, Buffy says that she's not a hero anymore, but that's clearly not the case. She's trying to keep the low profile, and as we discussed earlier, she's absolutely terrible at it. Yeah. So they go take a look at the blood bank, where apparently Ricky and Lily have been donating blood. Because that's what they do. Blood for money, Dave. 
That that's such a weird concept for me it as a Canadian. It is a weird concept, yeah. You can just give away your blood and get money yeah, from it. No. I mean, I get cookies, <laughs> and that's fine. Man, in Australia, Jesus, we gotta have a quick tangent about this. Good. Australia, they gave me like tea, a muffin, some cookies. It was like the whole fucking thing. It was Damn. great. Give one in Australia. <laughs> All of our Australian amazing. listeners out there, holler. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Give some blood, man. It's good times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're they're looking for they're looking for Ricky at the blood bank. The sketchy ass doctor there is like, oh, I haven't seen him. And uh, she's she so gives suspicious. This villain right? look. That's right. Like, yeah. I'm in on the whole thing all along. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> They're not trying to... They don't really have time because they've kind of got, like, two separate storylines going on here. Yeah. They don't have time to have, like, a misdirect. Uh, oh, fuck no. no. And I appreciate that. They're not trying to make us feel stupid or trying to insinuate that we are stupid. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> this, this fucking show... So Buffy and Lily split up to cover more ground, which is always a good idea. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, it works out fine this time, right? This fucking show has still not sorted out their goddamn lighting. Oh, no, no, no. Buffy is wandering through <laughs> the darkest of places. You really think they're going to get that, huh? You're you're just adamant what? about that. <laughs> Seven years, yes. It's a show where a lot of things happen in graveyards at night, you know? Right, then that's why you want there to be able to, you want the people to see what's happening in the dark. Sure, but like, how do you justify all that light? Where is the source of said light? No, there are ways to make it look dark, but where you can still see what's happening, Michaela. This is a particularly bad example, for sure. Because you can see nothing. It's like occasional flashes of Buffy's face, and you're like, where is she? What's she doing? In what location is she? I mean, presumably this is just an alley full of old dead folks. I thought it was a building, like a warehouse. Oh, see, I thought she was in an alley. Who fucking knows? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's dark as hell and you can't see shit. It could be either. That's true. R- she finds Ricky. Or at least someone with the same tattoo as Ricky, which is a very specific tattoo. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's why they had the tattoos. Like, did it make you feel better that the tattoo was a plot device? maybe it's just a little bit i thought it was okay yeah when they were like hey these people are in love so in love that they spent their money instead of food on a tattoo and buffy's like i used to have that love i lost it when i killed that dude now i'm sad i thought that was fine but it's also a plot device yeah eh. i mean they're just like dumb teenagers this is the sort of thing dumb teenagers would do it's not unreasonable in any way right so she finds this old dead dude and she's like this is pretty suspicious yeah he's super old And I mean, like, she just decides, like, right here, she's like, well, this is clearly Ricky, and he's very old, and he's dead. Who else would have this tattoo? It's true. And I mean, she saw it yesterday. She knows what it looks like. It's a very specific tattoo with Lily's name on his arm. So she goes back to her apartment to find Lily. And Uh it was in this scene that I first noticed that Buffy's hair has entered Ginger Spice realm. (laughs) And Dave, I know you don't know what that means. Do tell. But let me explain it to you. So the majority of her hair is like not a dark color, but maybe sort of like a a strawberry blonde, like a a, a reddish, reddish brownish blonde. Uh But then at the front of her hair, her bangs are like a light, lighter blonde than the rest of her hair. 
Oh, no. In this scene, it was incredibly obvious, like, whatever the lighting was that was going on. And it's not as obvious in the rest of the episode because the difference isn't that big between the two colors. Not like... Okay. Like, Ginger Spice, we're talking, like, red and blonde. Yeah. But I just... It was... I couldn't understand why anyone would, would do that to their hair. So Buffy's got the worst bedside manner ever. She's like, Lily, Ricky's dead. And Lily's like, what? He's dead? She's like, yep, he's dead. Move on. We're moving on. He's dead. I saw him. He's dead. And like, doesn't give any evidence. Right? He's just like, no, I saw him. He's dead. He's also a, an old dude. But no, it was him. He's dead. And this Stop is... complaining. I think, yeah. So she's doing this, like, I'm mad about everything mm, instead of being yeah. sad thing. And I don't know if it's just a reaction of like, well, I don't want to be sad all the time. So I'll just bury all of that and like fuel it into anger instead or something. Obviously, she's got a lot of baggage around boyfriends being dead. (laughs) And so she's bringing all of that to this. But this weird, like super blunt way of doing it, it, it's a strange choice. So Lily throws an original Welcome to the Hellmouth theory out there. Maybe Buffy is causing weird things to happen around her. And that is a deep cut back to episode 13 of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, Buffy goes back to Sunnydale. The vampires are back in Sunnydale. Buffy goes to Question Mark City. There's bad shit happening in Question Mark City. Mm, Coincidence? I mean, I'm going to go with no, is what this episode teaches us. Exactly. Yeah, Buffy's causing this shit. (laughs) That's what you learned from this episode? Yeah. What? (laughs) She makes weird things happen around her. It's not a coincidence. These people were already here doing this before she showed up. Oh, we're we're also going to get into that. Okay, but we will. Like, she's been here for a while. I don't know. Maybe the demons came and set up shop around the same time she settled down. <sighs> maybe. That's not that unreasonable. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the bottom line here is that Lily, you know, Buffy's a dick to her and then Lily lashes out back at her. Mm-hmm. And it's just a whole thing of everyone being angry at each other. Woo! It's, Yeah. That's exciting. And so she runs away. Lily runs into Ken. Finds herself creepy Ken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tells Lily that he knows where Ricky is. <laughs> there's there's a really good line. <laughs> I think this is the technically correct one where he's like, Ricky's no more dead than I am. And you're like, <laughs> oh, fuck you, show. And it's at this point that like, even if we hadn't seen Ricky's corpse or this old version of Ricky's corpse, it's at this point when the person's like, oh, that thing you're looking for? I know exactly where that is. Please come this way. It's just over here. You're like, oh, well, this person's clearly evil now. Yeah. Ken is like making almost no attempt to seem not evil. And it's great. Yeah, like Lily, you can kind of tell that she's not super sure, but she also, this is what she does, right? People are like, hey, come join this cult. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's true. And she really wants Ricky back. Yeah. And this seems like, you know, someone's telling her Ricky's not dead. She doesn't have any good evidence that Ricky is dead because Buffy didn't give her any. If she thinks about this for two seconds, isn't she going to be like, why would Ricky be at this place and not tell me about it? But... Well, he's been busy being saved. (laughs) Right. Oh, wow. It sounds like a cult. (laughs) (laughs) He's had his eyes opened. Yeah. Yeah. Good. (laughs) He took part in the cleansing (laughs) and people love everything that's called the cleansing, right? They sure do. (laughs) So Buffy breaks into the blood bank and this is the fulfillment of so many of my favorite things or favorite fan theories. Right. Where like she's breaking in, she's reading all these files. The nurse comes up and is like, what are you doing here? 
What are you doing? Breaking into your office and going through your private files. You're like, oh, oh, good job, Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, and then she really just nice and direct. point blank questions her about like yeah. why they're all candidates in this file. She rips the mm-hmm. phone off the wall so the nurse can't call anyone. <laughs> and oh, it's just that. it's a good scene. It's really good. And it makes you realize that this is why Buffy's so bad at stealth. She honestly does not need stealth. No. She can just go in there and threaten her way or like be physically intimidating enough to get the results she needs. Because she does this, have this ability to be physically intimidating despite being this tiny blonde girl. And like, yeah. what show of physical strength did she really have to do <laughs> to like get this nurse to do what she wanted or tell her the information she wanted? Not, not she much. She ripped the phone off yeah, the wall. That's, that's yeah. not that much. Yeah. No. So then uh, the nurse tells her, uh, I just give him the names of the healthy ones. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> what's he doing with them? Well, the cleansing yeah. is what's happening with them. We cut to the, yeah, Lily and Ken, and he's making, he's got her new clothes for the cleansing. This burlap and I'm sack. Like, I love things that are called the cleansing. <laughs> yep. Super good times all the time. But then we cut right back to some vampire hunting by the Scoobies. Apparently Cordy's going to be the bait. And, you know, if I was a vampire and I saw Cordelia there, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm gonna bite that girl. I'm into that. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Her pants are so crazy in this scene, Dave. She's wearing such a less good outfit than the red dress. I'm like, why Why is she bait and not wearing the red dress? So yeah, on, she's guys. wearing like a cardigan and a tank top, pretty standard stuff. But her pants yeah. are like, I don't even know how, what to call them. They're like the sky, Dave. They're like, <laughs> they're like multiple colors Cloudy? of blue. They're, oh. they're some sort of crazy blue pattern that's, oh. Oh. Yeah, Weird. they're great. I loved them. They're going vampire hunting. All the Scoobies except for Cordelia have brought some weapons. They're packing. Yeah. Oz. Oz is twirling his uh, his steak very nicely. And then he lifts up his shirt to reveal a cross in his waistband. Okay. How many crosses do they have? Not enough, between Dave. Them? This brings us into our second segment, At the Crossroads. Watch that crossfire, boys. Uh, is this about how crosses <laughs> seem less OP now? Yeah, kind of. So... We know that crosses are OP, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Clearly. Incredibly like, OP. Obviously, yeah. all the time. And yet this group of vampire hunters has, what, one between all three of them? And when they were fighting that vampire earlier, they seemed to have crosses that were not having the desired effect. What the fuck? And then, isn't Willow holding the cross? Like, doesn't yeah. she get attacked by the vampire, even though she's the one with the cross? So I think at some point... They do retcon crosses, and I think that Whoa. point might be now. Oh, man. Because crosses are not always going to be so OP, because it's kind of inconvenient. Because <laughs> nothing can happen right. as long There's as you danger. have a cross around. Yeah. <gasps> uh, yeah, yeah. It makes me sad, though. Yeah. Because crosses, they're so OP, and these, these people didn't even bring three crosses with them. Come on, guys. Because maybe they're not as OP as we remember. No, they're super OP. It's a new we season, Dave. Clearly. New, uh, new leaves are being turned over. Maybe. I'll be sad to see them go, though. Mm. And bring two stakes with you, you know? <laughs> so that when one gets knocked out of your hand and goes rolling all the way over there. <laughs> but you've just got a second one, man. It's okay. They do roll. Oh, how they roll. Yeah, square crosses or triangular ones. Man, I'm telling you, revolutionary. 
And so now we're starting to do sort of like a flip back and forth between Buffy and then this whole vampire bait thing continuing. And the cleansing, which is always good. Yeah, there's like a creepy black pool. And (laughs) Ken's like, yeah, just just stick your hand in there. (laughs) No, first he tells her to just kneel here and it's fine. And you're like, oh, always a good thing to have happen in the cleansing. Uh, I love kneeling places. Yeah, there's a black oily pool and he's like, oh, just stick your hands right in there, man. It's fine. (laughs) And she's like, it doesn't look very clean. Like, Don't worry, this is all part of the cleansing. Yeah, no, it's... (laughs) Oh, it's so evil. It's so great. (laughs) Love it. Uh, Buffy tries to be sneaky, but Mm. she does not have to be sneaky. (laughs) Yeah, she's finally like, you know what? I am terrible at being undercover. She even calls it out. Like, she's just, oh, I'm so bad at this undercover stuff. And then beats the crap out of all the people that might cause her problems. Which, yes, Buffy, that's what you want to do. Yeah, and it turns out that stupid Ken is basically exactly as strong as her, which is what we do (laughs) all the time. Uh At least he's a demon, though, you know? Right. So Ken, Lily, and Buffy all go tumbling into the black oily pool, right? And instead, it's secretly a portal. What? What? A portal? Crazy. Craig, Craig. Ken's face comes off and he is a full demon with a glued on human mask, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, that looks real bad once it's off of his face, but you know. Yeah, like an entirely different shade of skin. Yep, yep real different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Apparently all the homeless teens are enslaved in a place out of time, doing various metalwork <laughs> things until they're used up. And it was right, like, right at this opening shot of all of these homeless teens doing these various tasks that I was like, what are they making? Yeah, I have a lot of problems with this, Dave. (laughs) Like, a lot of problems. There are so many problems. We don't have to go through them in detail, but... I think one of the segments is going into it in detail. Okay. I'll wait till then. Go on and I'll interrupt you. No, no, no. It's fine. Yeah. What are they making is a good place to start. Like, is this a factory? Like, are they really the best people to be doing these tasks? It seems surprisingly modern. Are they cheaper than machines? Like, just get... Right? Right? And then, I mean, moving on from that, basically, they they have people here until they get super old and they're no longer useful. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in these conditions, people are going to be no longer useful way, way before they get to the age that those people are. Like, they're going to last, I don't know, maybe like 10, 20 years if that, like... <laughs> yeah, they're going to be used up super quickly. They're not making it to 70. No, 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 no. The last problem, and I think this is a good time to go into it, we've got these people coming in, and apparently this is somewhat out of time. So, like, a second passes in the real world, and... A hundred years! Ten, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. A hundred years pass here. Yeah. Sure, whatever. This brings us into our final segment, little segment I like to call Supply and Demand. We used to have to get them out of the shoebox in the middle of the night and lick the road clean with our tongues. We had to eat half a handful of freezing cold gravel, work 24 hours of that mill for four months every six years, and when we got home, our dad would slice it in two with a bread knife. Right. I had to get up in the morning at 10 o'clock at night, half an hour before I went to bed, eat a lump of cold poison, work 29 hours a day down mill and pay mill owner for permission to come to work, and when we got home, our dad would kill us and dance about in our grave, singing hallelujah. I think I know where you're going with this, Dave. <laughs> okay, go for it. Yeah, take it away. Is it to do with how many fucking homeless teens they're going to have to kidnap? It is exactly that. <laughs> 
It is a staggering number. Did if you do the every, math? I mean, okay, just say that a day is even like 20 years in this place, which it's it's more. It's at least 50. Sure. How many teens do they have in this place? I'm going to say probably 50 to 100. And then how many are you kidnapping such that every day you get 25 to 50 new teens? Well, I've actually got some math for you from my research, Ooh, Dave. Excellent. Yeah. So if you have to kidnap 30 people a day, so let's just call it there's about 30. That's probably on the yeah. low side, honestly. 30 right. people a day for an entire year is 11,000 people a year. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but Michaela, (laughs) the homelessness problem in this country has just gotten out of hand. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's astonishing. And yeah, like I think Ricky was worked to death in a day. Yeah. Is the the implication. For sure. Because that's about how long it's been since she's seen him last. So they've got some young looking people in this place. They were kidnapped a couple minutes ago. Yep. (laughs) Right? At most. At most. And there's just this steady stream of them. Maybe they're bringing in them in from all over the world, and this is just one portal of a few. Yeah. And maybe that makes sense. Having multiple portals is the only way this makes any sense. And yeah. like by multiple, we're talking one like in every large city. Like yeah, like a lot of portals. Even mm-hmm. one in, an, in every country is a lot of portals, right? Oh, that's tons. Yeah. No, they need to have one in every city that is over, like, a million people, yeah. probably. And then you're, you'd probably be okay. That that might be sustainable. No, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's super insane. It's one of those things that you just, if you start to think too much about it, you're like, this makes literally no sense at all. Yeah. This segment's also minorly just about how fast people die in this show in general, and, like, how are there still people anywhere? And Larry's reference to as long as there's still no more mysterious deaths is funny, but like also a good point, Lair. No. So, okay, here's something that we haven't considered yet, and I just thought mm-hmm. of this. So, people die constantly in Sunnydale. Right. Joyce, a single mother, has a really sweet house on her gallery <laughs> money. Oh, that's true. That is why everything's so cheap. Yeah. That's how they live. Yeah. So, oh. Sunnydale property is fucking dirt cheap. It's a buyer's market. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, people die all the time. But then people are like, man, the housing prices in Sunnydale are rock bottom. Compared to LA? Right? I could get acres of land for a a rent on a tiny place here. I'm moving to Sunnydale. That's a good point. Sure, it's a bit suspicious that the prices are so low, (laughs) but it's just impossible to pass up, Dave. The prices are too good. That's market forces at work right there. Constant influx of new people to Sunnydale. The the Scoobies eventually kill the vampire, right? He was like all athletic and stuff. And he was a member of the gymnastics team. Yeah, Xander and Cordy are fighting loudly. And then the, the vampire s- sneaks up on Willow and blah, blah, blah. They fight. Xander and Cordelia <laughs> pin the vampire between them accidentally. <laughs> yeah. And then... Also accidentally kill the vampire when he lands on Xander's stake. <laughs> Did this remind you of anyone, Michaela? It should, probably. Okay, picture if there's one person on this show that I'm going to talk about, who is it? Oh, right. Of course. <laughs> of course it's Jesse. I'm a fool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is... This took a lot more to kill this vampire than it did to stake Jesse, which, again, a crime. A crime. Crime and a shame. Yeah. And I don't even care that we're running long. I'm going to go on this diatribe right now. Oh, no. Because fuck you. No, uh, I'll keep it brief. 
<laughs> Jesse died in a very similar way, but in a far worse way. And I'm really sad about that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they, they kill this vampire by sandwiching him between the two of them. And then they kiss and the music goes up and it's all amazing. You know what this made me think of, Dave? What's that? They're pretty fucking lucky that steak disappeared. Right? Like right? The steak disappears and Cordy falls on it. <laughs> yeah. And, like where it used to be. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine just Xander putting his steak through his girlfriend? <laughs> no. Having so many flashbacks to when he had to do that to his best friend. It all comes oh, back man. to Jesse. Yeah. And this brings up the whole thing, like, Mr. Pointy is was Kendra's favorite steak. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but you keep reusing a steak, but we so often see steaks just disappear. What did... Mm, show. Uh, steak angry. rules anyway. also just don't apply. There are no steak rules. So Lily and Buffy are in hell. The Ken demon guy is like, ah, we'll work you to death doing question mark. <laughs> Making metallic things. <laughs> Maybe they're making all the weird weapons that these demons have because they got a bunch of weird weapons. Anyway, we'll work you to death doing that and then throw you back out when you're old and you've forgotten who you are. If you talk back, you die. Like we've seen people strung up in this factory. It's it's all good times. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're used to kidnapping like homeless runaway teens who probably don't Mm -hmm. really have a lot of fight in them at this point. And so they really don't expect it when Buffy starts to fight back. Like, they really are like, what the fuck? She manages to break her little cadre out of hell pretty easily. It's a good fight scene. Like, her fighting all those demons. Oh, it's a lot of good fight scenes. Excellent. And you're just like, they have hired someone amazing to do this fight choreography. That stunt double was getting so much fucking work. Oh, my God. Oh. It's really good. Buffy manages to break the, like, introduction group that she was with out of hell. Yeah. Does she manage to get anyone else out? It is unclear. When she's off fighting all the demons, It, I think it was kind of implied that everyone else is, like, trying to help other people there escape. Maybe. I'd like to think so. <laughs> I know that, you know, they probably can't save everyone, but... I came out of this thinking that Buffy was far less of a hero than I went into it thinking she was. I don't know. I remember, like, was there a a little short thing of them trying to, like, you know, rally the people who are working to, like, run this way, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, uh, Lily gets captured by Ken, and he's like, stop fighting Buffy or I'll kill this person. And then she gets captured. He's like, oh, I'm going to play with your guts. (laughs) Lily pushes Ken off a high Uh, ledge, possibly killing him. Go, Lily. Go, Lily. Because, yeah, so she's up there with Ken, and he just, like, forgets about her. Because she's forgettable. She is very forgettable. And he has met her. He knows that she doesn't have any fight in her, right? Like, that's not who she is. And then, yeah, when she just kind of, like, pushes him, (laughs) you're like, fuck yeah, Lily. Good for (laughs) you. Just gently. Yeah, Yeah. it's good. Uh, Turns out he's not dead, but he dies soon enough. They're all escaping. There's, like, this portcullis thing that Buffy has to lift up. And then she drops it down and it... (laughs) Spikes through both of his legs. Okay, okay. What did he think was going to happen? He tackled oh. her. She's holding the gate open. <laughs> and then he tackled her. not the best thought out plan. This, I'll grant you that. This might be the goriest thing we've ever seen happen on this show, Dave. Oh, that's true. Do you think they got like a, a later time slot maybe? Maybe. Because like he's covered in blood. Granted, it is demon blood, but it's like red, like people blood. And then- And you see the spikes through his legs. legs. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to watch out for that. Yeah, for sure. And okay, this line, I have never understood this line. 
Which line, Michaela? The Gandhi line. Oh, what, what? even the fuck? Do you want to see my impression of Gandhi? <laughs> she clubs him to death, just like right over the head. Yeah. And then says when Gandhi was really pissed off or something. If, if he was really pissed her. off. And I understand that like not every joke can be a winner. <laughs> but I just imagine Joss thinking that like he's written the funniest thing ever. <laughs> This does not sound like a Joss line to me. It's a Joss episode. Yeah, but you've got backup writers doing things right. Like I know. They did several takes of this, I'm sure, and then decided to air this one. It may have been that a lot of the other jokes that they filmed were like... Too off-color. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's maybe it. Truly terrible. I could see that happening oh, for sure. Because you could definitely say some pretty unpleasant things about what just happened to Ken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Anyway, Lily's going to step into Anne's life. Huh? She's really funny. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. And she's going to take over her job at the diner. She's got her apartment. I have to imagine that the diner owner is going to find it to be very convenient that the new person who is taking Anne's job is also named Anne. But (laughs) (laughs) whatever. (laughs) I don't think he really gives a shit. I doubt it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, in the end, he's just like, oh, cheap, replaceable labor. Sure. And this one doesn't scowl at me so yeah, much. Yeah, it's a, it's a sketchy part of town. A lot of people are runaways. He just wants somebody right. to serve food at his diner, right? Yep. So yeah, she leaves Anne now, She I empowers guess. her. Woo! Yeah. And hopefully that goes well for her. I now understand why the acting credit for this character was Chanterelle <laughs> slash Lily slash Anne. <laughs> Yeah. And I thought that was three different characters at first, and they just got the same person to play three different parts on one show. <laughs> you were so confused. Oh, so wrong. Not not the case. And then Buffy goes home. Yeah. Joyce is sad and happy. She's, She's happy, sad. Oh, no. She's sappy. No. <laughs> there's no good. Yeah. No. No, there's no good portmanteau there. No. Yeah. It really isn't. And that's, that's it. That's our episode. Yeah. There's no resolution for the Scoobies, but I like that would pad things out too much. Yeah. Do we get that in the next episode? Oh, yeah. Like, the next one's going to okay. be like, Buffy's back. How do we deal with that? But okay. not in the same way that all that nonsense that happened at the beginning of season two. <laughs> it's different this time. Oh, oh, man, they could do the same <laughs> fucking episode, except they don't have AO anymore. Right. Oh, and Buffy doing a sexy AO. dance with Xander would make even less sense. Oh, <laughs> I knew you forgot. I did forget about it. Oh, why did you bring it up? Oh, you're a bad person. I kind of feel like sexy as with Xander is your masturbatorium, you know? Like, you bring up the masturbatorium to make me really upset, and I bring up sexy Xander dance to make you really upset. It's worked. I'm really upset. Awesome. Allow me to read to you Taylor Kingston's review of this episode. Oh, no. Oh, Michaela, why? (laughs) The one where Buffy calls herself Anne. Now, this is a little different from most of Taylor's reviews. Potentially, Mm. it's like an earlier one. There's no discussion of, like, best and worst part. Most of the review is just, you know, the summary. But let me just read you the first line, because it's my favorite. This is a really good season premiere. Not my favorite season premiere. That would be either season four, season six, or season seven. But all very good. (laughs) Teeks. Teeks, why? It's very, why you do this, Teeks? It's very similar to the opinion Teeks yes. had about the final episode of season two. <laughs> it's in his top half? <laughs> yeah, yeah, top half. <laughs> and yeah, overall, uh, eight out of ten, which I think that's fair, actually. Yeah, I was going to say that I enjoy Teeks, why? Oh, God, you son of a bitch. 
My favorites are these three of seven. You son of a... Like, firmly in the middle. That puts this literally in the center. Yeah, because... It's like no opinion at all. (laughs) Season one and season two were... uh, Anyway. Anyways. (laughs) I can get past this, though. We're fine. I I did enjoy this episode. I enjoyed the non-Buffy parts of it a lot more than the Buffy parts. I thought it had great action. Yeah. It's a lot more polished. Yes. Yeah. Like, a lot of what's going on is like, oh, I think they have more money. (laughs) Yeah, they know what they're doing in a much bigger way than they did with the season two premiere. They, yeah, for sure. And so, like, a, a lot of what they're doing is really working. I mean, that, that one-er is amazing so long. Oh, sure. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I could watch that several times back to back. I think this is, like, a good, this is a good introduction of what's to come. Yeah. This season is a lot more consistent than season two. I mean, oh, thank in God. general, we're going to be more consistent. Like, those peaks and valleys, Dave. Like. Can you imagine a less consistent season <laughs> no, probably, season two? Probably not. What would that even be? I don't know. That'd be crazy. What was your favorite outfit from this episode? That's a tough one. Honestly, I have to go with Cordelia's sky pants. Mm, sky pants are good. They were great. They, they just they made me really, really happy. Yeah. Who won this episode, Dave? Oh, who is the winner? Right. I forgot I about that. No, actually. Lily, probably. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's her. Yeah. 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 She won for sure. Her character development over like a day is pretty, <laughs> pretty insane. <laughs> Incredibly insane. She starts that day homeless with a missing boyfriend, and then she ends up with a home that's been paid off, a job lined up, still no boyfriend, but self-esteem, you know? Yeah, she's got some agency now. She pushed a demon yeah. man off of a thing. Yeah. And she's l- gonna learn... She has the tools to learn how to take care of herself. Like, it's it's very empowering. I liked it a lot. She wins for sure. The international titles for this episode. Ooh, yes. The, I like these. The German title is... Uh-huh. Oh, I'm going to butcher the shit out of this. Let's do it. <laughs> Anne Gerfengen in der Unterwelt, which translates oh, to Anne something, trapped something in, in the, the underworld. underworld. Yes. Yeah. Which, like... If, if you go into this episode and it's called Trapped in the Underworld, like, hasn't that just given away the, the second half of it? Right? The first half is you wondering how they get to the underworld. <laughs> like, where is the underworld? Is this Ken fellow related to the underworld? Probably. Uh, oh, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What a terrible name. <laughs> right? Like it's like and it's just called Anne. Like just call it Anne anyways. Yeah. It's <laughs> there's no reason to go international with this. You don't need to translate the it. The French title is Anne. Like right, yeah. As it should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so oh. good. What's up next episode? An episode called Dead Man's Party. Dead Man's Party. Right. So, I mean, it is going to discuss you know, Buffy's coming back to Sunnydale and there's going to be a lot of fallout from the things that happened, obviously. Like, that mm-hmm. time she got kicked out of school and, like, all her friends are going to be like, where'd you go? <laughs> right. Then things go slightly off the rails <laughs> because Joyce has a Nigerian mask that she's gotten from, like, someone she knows the gallery or something. You, like, just said that this is going to be a consistent season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, okay. I mean, like, I'm not saying it's going to be 100% amazing, <laughs> No, I guess bewitched, bewildered, and bothered. Yeah, blah, 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 like blah, blah, blah. we can still have some campy good. shit. Yeah, and like still have good character development happening around it, right? Yeah, that's for sure. And so, I mean, is this mask gonna raise an army of zombies? Maybe, but, <laughs> but Dave, who can say? Who can say? Who can say? 
right. yeah. All right. Did I lose you at Nigerian mask? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out whether this is the one with Faith or the one with the mayor or the one with the snake. I think the snake one's later on, though. Maybe. So it's one of the first two. I mean, is the mayor a zombie? We'll find out. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah. That'll be good. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's the beginning of a new season. And maybe that's time to change things up a bit, Michaela. Oh, no. So I'll say that if anyone wants to reach out to us, they can do so via email, beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com. This episode will also be posted on the Reddit. That's buffy.reddit.com. Don't believe me if I fuck that up and say that it's reddit.buffy.com, as I've done at least once. Good job, David. And uh, that's it. No, fuck. That's not it. Are you kidding? (laughs) Oh, Now that I've seen you in person and seen your face whenever I do this social network bullshit oh, no. and know how much you hate it, uh, it empowers me. What have I it done? It drives me. The, the oh, terror so good. of me yeah. being like, what the fuck am I about to have to make up for this bullshit segment? Yeah. Your face is just so sad whenever I get into it. It's so good. Anyway, you can find us on Flickr. Mm. <laughs> I'm on there. At all that flickers and Michaela. I'm on there at Candle in the Flickering Wind. Nice. And until next time, farewell, farewell from, from the, the Hellmouth. Hell Hellmouth. Hell no. Hell no.